I hope that worship was really encouraging to you. It's so good to worship together wherever you are, whenever you're watching this on our online location. Worship, man, it's our pregame jam. It's our battle cry on the way to claim the victory that God has for us. And it's great to take moments and take our eyes off ourselves, take our eyes off our circumstances, and to remember and focus on who God is. That's what worship's all about. We're we're about to jump into our next talk in our series, How to Be Victors, and this talk is called What You Holding, and it's all about how God can and will use what you have to accomplish incredible things on your way to victory, and I'm, I'm excited to jump into that, but before we do, would you just take a moment, maybe quiet your heart, quiet the room, and, and pray together. Lord knows I need it right now, maybe you need it too, God is good, let's, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that no matter where we are, no matter who we are, you love us as we are, you meet us where we are, you want to take us somewhere better on this journey, this spiritual walk with you. This morning, we admit we don't need more of ourselves, we don't need more of me, we just need more of you. We thank you that you are not a God that is limited by time or space or a virus or any of these things that seem to to cramp up our styles so much. They do not limit or inhibit you or what you want to do in our hearts right now in these moments. So we ask you to do something big in our hearts. Help us to see you a little bit more clearly. You are what we need. Remove me from the equation and just speak to us from your word. God, please. We're desperate for you to do a fresh work in our hearts this morning, a supernatural work in our lives right now. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. I don't know what, you've been, what life has been like for you as you've been socially quarantined and we've been going through all of these changes and spending more time at home, but I've been noticing some weird stuff as I observe myself in this new rhythm and routine as I'm... As I'm stuck at home, I'm not stuck at home, we're not stuck at home, we're glad to be at home, but as we adjust to these new (laughs) rhythms, uh, man, there's just some things I've been noticing about life that have been so interesting, and some of these apply maybe to you dads out there, or parents, and if you got kids, or maybe even if you don't have kids, this might apply to you, it's called the quarantine sneak, hashtag it. You've been quarantined, sneaking around your house. I know you have been. It's okay. I've been too. You don't know what I'm talking about. It looks like, looks like this. You got everybody settled down, right? Like the kids finally are done with their online schooling or everybody's kind of like chilled out and ate their healthy lunches and you decide that you just need to like, you don't know why. Maybe you're bored. Maybe you need to just kind of like stress, eat a little bit. Maybe you've been hangry. Maybe lunch didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Maybe you spent so much time like freaking out at the kids about schoolwork or whatever that, that you just needed a little break. But now you don't have the freedom to just like sneak anywhere and do what you want to do. There are people everywhere at your house. So you, this is what it looks like, right? Like you sneak to the pantry or the cupboard or wherever the good stuff is. You know what the good stuff is? The good stuff. You sneak off there, and you got like a, they probably bust you before you even know it. Don't, don't go anywhere. You're playing my fam. I'm playing me in this little 
thing. Don't go anywhere. I'm not. You just sneak into the cupboard, right? And like try to be all quiet about it. And then you uh, you just and somebody calls your name as you're about to like real. What am I doing? I'm not doing anything. What do you mean, what am I doing? I was just going over. Check on the. What's in my mouth? Nothing. Nothing's in my mouth. All right. I'm chewing. No, I'm not going to open my mouth. Kids, I'm not going to open my mouth and show you what's in my mouth. None of your business was in my mouth. I'm the dad around here. What's in my hand? Nothing's in my hand. Do you hear a sound? No, you don't hear a sound. This is none of your business what sound is in my jack. You don't hear anything in my... Nothing's in my hand, I'm telling you. Nothing's in my mouth. All right, it was a carrot stick. I had some carrot sticks. No, you're not allowed to have any cookies or snacks. What's in my hand? Nothing is in my... the quarantine sneak and you've probably been busted and what I want to do as I walk off in defeat as I realize that I just got busted with the Oreo cookies man those are some good Oreo cookies by the way probably worth getting busted over to be really transparent about how I'm feeling right now what, what I want to say when I'm caught doing the quarantine speak, sneak and somebody asks me what I got in my hand is not enough. Not, there is not enough Easter candy in the world to steal from my children to make me feel better in those moments where the reality of our circumstances are all crashing down on us. There, there is not enough Oreo cookies in the cupboard to make me feel better about this new adventure of homeschooling. There are not en- there's not enough stuff that I can stress eat to take away the worry about my financial future. There's just not what I really want to say when I get busted doing the quarantine sneak and somebody says, what's in your hand, man? What do you got behind your back? What you're chewing on is not enough. There's not enough. And that's how most of us feel. Most of us feel most of the time that we don't have enough. That we're not holding enough. That we're not, that we're not holding enough in our hand, in our heart, in our lives, in our bank accounts to make this all just good. We're not holding enough. To see the victory that God has for us. We don't have enough. What what a sad reality that so many of us own. Walking around as children of God, as victors, and yet feeling so inadequate. Feeling so unable to see what God has for us, the victory he has for us in our lives. It's It's not enough. While we feel like that. What, what we have to start to understand 
while many of us go through life thinking that we don't have enough or that we aren't enough for what God wants to do, what we have to realize is that through Christ, all we got is all we need. Yeah, I know that was a birds, a go birds, like hashtag from the Super Bowl year. You don't got to remind me. I know some of you are hating on the birds right now, but that statement is true. For those of you that have placed your faith in Christ, all we got is all we need. It's enough. You're enough to see God win the victory that he wants to win in your life or in your home or in your heart. You already are enough. And what you're holding is already enough for God to do incredible things in your life. It's so a shame that God's kids spend so much time walking around, wrestling with the feeling of inadequacy, struggling with their disappointment and, and feeling like they, they can never be enough to really see the kind of life that they had dreamed of or hoped for, to see the victories in life that God wants to bring about. You're enough, and you're holding enough to see God be victorious in your heart and in your life right now. You see, you don't got to be something better. You don't have to have something more for this whole plan that God has for you to work out. That's not how his plan works. You don't got to be better. You don't got to dress better. You don't have to know more. You don't have to be smarter. You don't have to be more charismatic to the people around you. You don't have to have a better personality or be more intriguing or tell better stories. You don't have to be more well-spoken to see the future that God has for you. That's not how his plan works. And he wants to take you somewhere victorious. He wants to make you a victor in life. So many people, they stop and they say, I'm not, but I'm not good enough. Maybe if I get my act together, I can do this God thing, and then he can do something in my life. Maybe if I, maybe if I, maybe if I clean it up, then, I'll, then I can come back to this God thing. Maybe if I can be more religious, then, then God will do something amazing in my life. Maybe if I didn't make those mistakes, maybe my time's up. Listen, <laughs> that's not how God's plan for you works. Or maybe you're saying, I don't have enough. I'm not skilled enough. I don't, I don't have anything to offer the people around me. How could I make a difference in my home or in my life or in my world? I don't, I don't have enough. I don't have enough to see God do something. There's this absolutely incredible uh, passage in Exodus chapter 3 and 4. It's this encounter that Moses has with God at the burning bush. It's, it's an absolutely like, whoa, kind of moment. Like, are you serious? How is this not the best? Fire you up, get you ready, pump up speech ever. How could you not just be in this moment and be like, all right, God, like, whoa, this is pretty epic. I'm ready. Like, whatever you want to do, I want to do. But it all starts to go sideways for Moses in this incredible moment. It starts to go sideways for him and because he, 
we become our biggest obstacles. We become our biggest obstacles on this victorious journey God has laid out for us. We, we are the ones who get in our own heads, who get stuck in our own ways. Who, we become the biggest obstacles to victory, even during the biggest moments, like this burning bush moment. Maybe, maybe what's been keeping you from the victory that you want to see in your life, from the victories God has for you, maybe what's keeping you from being a victor is you. Maybe, maybe you're the one who's getting in your way. Maybe it all goes sideways. You take a couple steps forward, and then you seem to get knocked so far back. It all starts to go sideways because you get stuck in your own head and in your own way of thinking. Moses has this incredible moment in Exodus chapter 3 and 4, a burning bush kind of moment, a moment where God just shows up in his life in such a tangible and practical way. His presence was unavoidable. Like, where are you, God? You can't say that anymore because God just plopped down in a bush that is on fire but not burning up to have an encounter and a conversation with Moses. And this encounter and conversation was like a, hey, victory is about to happen and you're invited to the party. You're going to be the one to hold the trophy on the stage. You don't have to win the fight. You just got to go up there and collect the winnings. Like it was one of those absolutely incredible speeches. And it starts with God introducing himself to Moses, saying, Moses, Moses, and Moses says, here I am. God says, don't come any closer for the place you are standing on is holy ground. And he introduces himself as I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. God goes on this speech about how he had seen the people of Israel in Egypt as slaves being oppressed in brutal conditions for a really long time. He says, I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, and a bunch of other people. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. It's an absolutely incredible moment. A whoa, serious kind of moment. And Moses is spinning out so much that he only hears the last line. He missed the whole speech about how God had heard, he had seen, he cares, he, he is paying attention, he's not far off, he's not distant, he's not disconnected from your life, he knows your name, he sees your suffering, he knows what's going on and he intends to do something about it. Victory is the Lord's and he is going to free his people no matter what. And all Moses heard was, I'm sending you to go get the trophy. 
He just heard the last line. Just heard, just heard the end of it. It's easy. It's easy when we get stuck in our own heads to miss all that God is doing, all that he has been saying to us, all he's been trying to lead us to. It's easy to just hear what we want to hear, to just get stuck in our own heads and miss all that God has said. God said, I got a victory waiting for you. Go collect the trophy. You get this incredible opportunity to participate with God as God does the absolute incredible in your life and around you. Don't get stuck inside your own head and miss it. It's a beautiful invitation to a party. It's an incredible opportunity to be the one God chooses to use to do the incredible around you. And right now, as you sit watching this, wherever you're watching it, listen, God wants to use you to do the incredible. He's already won the victories in your homes and in your lives and around you. He is a God who does the heavy lifting himself. He just invites us to get to participate with him in what he's doing. Moses is so stuck in his own head, he only hears the last line. And so when God gives him the speech, he responds not with like, oh, bring it. Yeah, let's get this thing. I'm ready. Let's go win. Who do we got to whoop? We got to whoop Pharaoh. Okay, this is pretty epic. And I'm pretty sure that this is a really big moment that's going to lead to some really big things for me. Instead of realizing the incredible opportunity that was right in front of him, he says, wait, who, who am I? What, would you sure, like, who, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? See, he's just, he's going sideways. God says, like, listen, listen, I will be with you and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God on this very, this very mountain. You don't understand, man. It's not about who you are. It's about who I am. It's just like, it's just like, it's not you, it's me kind of moment. It's God. Like, it's not, no, no, you got it, you got it wrong. Like, you, you, you missed it. Like, it's not, it's not you. It's not you. Some of you have heard that. Some of you have heard that and it's been lies. It's been you. It's not been, but anyway, like, this is this God moment where God's like, you don't understand. Who are you? What are you talking about? Did you not listen to the speech I just gave, Moses? What do you mean, who are you? Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You just get to participate and go claim the trophy, the victory, put the medal on. Like, I'm going to use you, but I'm going to do all of the work. It's me. It's not you. It's me. Well, how am I going to do it? Like, I don't know what to do in my home. I don't know how to help my parents. I don't know how to... I don't know how to reach that kid. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I don't know how to save my marriage. I don't know how to. I don't know how to recoup from this. I don't know how this is going to end up. How could God use me to bring us to a better financial place? I don't know what to. It's not about you. It's not you. It's him. He's the one who does the miraculous. 
in your life, in your home, in your heart, in your relationships, in the lives of the people you care about. He's the one who does the absolute incredible. If you're just willing to follow and allow him to use what you're holding. Moses, he's still spinning out. You can spin out so bad that even when, even when you get the answers, even when God is doing stuff, even when God is speaking to you, even when God is leading you, even when people are affirming it around you, even when people are reminding you through a screen, even when people are saying, no, it's not about you. God is good and he wants to do good things in you. Even when you are hearing and seeing the messages, you can be stuck so much in your own head that you don't even hear it and you just are spinning out. Listen, maybe you've been spinning out. You've been spinning out, stuck in your own, in your own head. Stuck in your own head as God has been trying to show you, it's not you, it's me. Who should I say? Who should I say sends me? What if they ask me? What if they ask me who's sending me? And God says, I am who I am and introduces himself as the beginning and the end. The one who is, who was, and who will be. He introduces himself in this amazing fashion. Yo, I am has sent you. I am everything. I will be everything. I am everything you aren't. I am everything you need me to be. I will be everything to you and in your heart and in your life. Don't you understand who I am? I am am the I am everything you are missing everything you are searching for everything you think you're lacking I have it all because I am and I will be I will be for you and I will be for them see we miss it so we don't really understand how great and how good God is God goes on, he gives them the speech. <laughs> he actually, spoiler alert, shows them how the victory's going to be won. Says you're going to go to Pharaoh. He's going to, this, this is what's going to happen. Like, you're going to tell the people to ask for gifts from the people that they have been working for as slaves. They're going to throw, shower you with gifts as you leave to go to the wilderness. You will have plundered the people of Egypt without lifting a finger. Victory is mine. It's already laid out. The plans are already lined up for you. You just got to follow me to it. What if I look like a clown? Is Moses' response. How many people have been sidelined by a statement like that? Moses answers, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? What if I look like a joke, God? What if they don't listen to me? And right here in this moment, he is embracing the very things that are holding him back. 
unwilling to let them go. He's embracing his past and the mistakes he made when he tried to take things into his own hands before. He's embracing what other people said. Who are you to lead us out of here? Who do you think you are, Moses? Things that people had said to him in his past. And in some ways, I think he is embracing the comfortable numbness that he has been living in in this wilderness as he is running away from his destiny listen you can hide you can you can embrace your past and the mistakes and you will be stuck there forever you can embrace and hold on to what other people have said about you but what they have said about you will always fade in comparison to what God says about you and quite honestly some of the things people have said about you are just downright wrong some of the things that you have been fed about who you are they just aren't even shouldn't even be in your head to begin with it's time to start hearing what God says about you he's embracing what's holding him back and spinning out even when there are so Many people who have not walked to the victory God has been laying out for them in his plan for their life because they get hung up on the question, what if they think I'm a clown or a joke because of my past and because of what they say about me, because I like this comfortable numbness I'm living in. And we become our own biggest obstacles, some of the best influencers. Maybe you could be one of the greatest influencers in your sphere if you would just say, who cares what other people think about me? It's about time I follow God to the victory he has for me. In response to this, God says this really cool statement. It's what I've titled this whole talk after. He, in, in response to this, he says, what you got in your hand? It's an interesting little attention shift that he drives Moses to. What you got in your hand? What, what Moses had in his hand, maybe he even had forgotten he had it in his hand. It was such a commonplace thing. It's just a tool that shepherds used. It was just everybody in his day and age practically had a staff. He just had a staff. What you got? What you holding, Moses? Like, you don't get it. It's about me and what I'm going to do. But if you'll just give me what you're holding, I'll show you. If you just would, would let me have what you have in your hand, not what you don't have, not what you're missing, not what's not enough. If you just take what you actually have and give it to me, I'll do something amazing with it. And I'll show you what I can do through you. It's a staff. God says, throw the staff on the ground. He throws the staff on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. I'm so glad that God did this thing right here and scared Moses a little bit. It's about time you snap out of it, Moses. Here's the snake. Dodge this for a second. And Moses runs from it. He says, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his hand and took the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. God will take whatever ordinary thing you have, whatever is ordinary about your life, whatever you do have, stop looking for what you don't have and who you aren't. Who you are and what you have is what God will use to do the supernatural stuff on the way to the victory he has for you. If you thought the staff was cool, 
Just wait till you see what God will do through your life if you would just give it to him. What's in your hand? What are you holding? Maybe you're holding some broken relationships. A marriage that's fallen apart. Maybe you're holding desperately on to a few relationships that you do have that have stuck by you through a bunch of other things. What are you holding? Maybe you're holding on to your house or a tool or a skill or an ability. Maybe you're holding on to a sewing machine or baseball bat. I, I don't know what you're holding on to. What, what, are you, what are you holding on to? Whatever it is that you actually have, whatever skill you have, whatever ability you have, whatever stuff you have, if you will give it to him, he will use it to accomplish incredible stuff in your life. He'll use it. Say, I don't have anything special. Good. God will use the common and the ordinary to do the special all the time. He keeps bargaining. He keeps bargaining with God and wearing on his patience. And he, God says, listen, I'll send you Aaron. And Aaron can speak. And this is you don't have to worry about not being able to talk. Stop bargaining with me. All you have to do is grab the medal off the stand. All you have to do is go claim the victory I have for you. I'll cover the gaps, God said. I'll cover the gaps. I'll give you Aaron. Aaron can speak for you. I'll get you both ready to say the things that you need to say. I'll build up your clout in front of Pharaoh. You don't got to worry about any of that. I'll fill in the gaps for you. All you have to do is take what's in your hand and let me use it to do the incredible. He'll get you there. He'll work through what you give him. Whatever it is you give him a broken past or a broken relationship or a skill or ability, whatever it is you have to give him, your time, your energy, your heart, your encouragement, whatever it is, no matter how small or ordinary you think it is, when you give it to him and say, God, use this, he'll do the supernatural and amazing through it. I've watched him do it time and time again, taking what seems like the ordinary and doing the incredible. So get out of your own head. It's not about what you can do to be victorious. It's just about what God can and will do if you're willing to let him. Get out of your own head. Stop embracing your past or your mistakes. Stop embracing and living in fear of what everybody else is going to say about you. Leave the comfortably numb place that is getting you nowhere. Get out of your own head and be willing to follow him. Stop looking at what you don't have in life, how you aren't enough, and start to realize that everything you offer God, he will use. You are enough and you have enough, that he has a plan for you. It is a good and perfect plan for you if you would just start following him from where you're at, wherever that may be. And then just start walking out faith. He says, take your staff and go. And Moses finally he takes his staff in his hand, and he goes. God would do incredible things through Moses as he stood in front of Pharaoh. Eventually, he would lead his people out of Egypt in bondage. 
they would come to a river that was flooded and high and impassable with a nation of people that he was meant to lead. Pharaoh would be pursuing him with his great armies and his chariots and his horses to recapture the nation of Israel and take them back into captivity. It seemed like it all stood on the brink and Moses didn't know what to do. God said, go stand by the river and hold up your staff and raise your hand over the water. And as Moses was willing to follow him with this crazy request that God had for him, he was willing to take what he had in his hand and hold it up and raise his hand over the water. God sent the great wind and the wind separated the water and blew a path through what seemed like it was impassable for Moses, and the nation walked through on dry land, and their enemies were overcome and destroyed. God will use what you give him, what you hold him, and are you willing to loosen your grip enough to let him do the miraculous through what you give him? Don't know where to start? Start by giving him your life and watch what he can do through that. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we can be victors through you. Help us not to spend any more time thinking about what we aren't or who we aren't, but just to, to allow you to have what we do have so that you can do the miraculous in our lives. We're grateful for you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that we are victors through the cross and the empty tomb and that nothing can steal that from us. In Jesus' name, amen.